Broadcasting from Ultimo Cigars in Tulsa, Oklahoma, it's Smoking Sounds, the ultimate podcast for cigar and pipe enthusiasts who savor the perfect blend of tobacco while immersing themselves in the world of soulful music. Join us as we explore the rich flavors of premium cigars, delve into the art of pipe smoking, and groove to the rhythm of carefully curated tunes. From expert interviews and cigar pairings to musical recommendations that elevate your smoking experience, Smoking Sounds is your go-to source for all things cigars, pipes, and music. Ignite your passion and indulge in the harmonious fusion of premium tobacco and soulful melodies with Smoking Sounds, where every puff is accompanied by the perfect soundtrack. Hello again, everybody. I am Sean, one of the hosts of Smoking Sounds, and joining me is the big show. It's Justin! Well, hello, everybody. It's the big show, and I will take the belts at the Royal Rumble, baby. <laughs> What's going on, brother? Hey, once again, we have uh, we have left the confines of the Carhole Lounge. That's now, right. We're at a new locale. This is uh, uh, Optimo Cigars, where uh, Mr. Tomas was very kind to uh, let us come in and, and bug him about uh, cigars and uh, the business. Now, Mr. Tomas is a very first for us, for he is a professional cigar roller. So he, he's not he's not just an amateur smoker like us. He, <laughs> he actually kind of does this for a living. Hey, now, we got the Hot House Habano playlist going here. That yeah, you, you, you guys, made. you guys definitely need to uh, you guys definitely need to uh, avail yourselves of that. It's the uh, the Latin jazz playlist that I put together. Uh, if you were in marching band in the 80s you will recognize names like maynard ferguson like uh doc severinson they're on this list so uh you know we wanted to kind of get this in also to kind of help keep you warm during these cold winter days that's so. right and setting in again with us is chase uh you can find him on uh, the social media at pipes underscore and underscore sticks chase say hello to everybody hey everybody Mr. Well, Chase, welcome back, hello, everybody. So hey. <laughs> uh, we'll be sharing back. the mic. So if you got something you want to ask Tomas, just let me know. I'll be more than happy to uh, pass it along. But uh, so I, I will tell you guys, I, I I've had some people reach out to me on on uh, social media, and and they were talking about how excited they are for this, and they can't wait to hear uh, all your words of wisdom, Tomas. And I said, me and Justin have the easy job this week. All we have to do is introduce Tomas, and then just sit back and shut up and let him <laughs> talk because it's it's. Uh, uh, what he does here is absolutely fantastic. Oh my His gosh. cigars are, are second to none. Um, I'll say I'm a little biased because I absolutely uh, uh, I love coming to Altimo. I absolutely love Tomas as, as an individual, and I'm so happy hey, and so thankful uh, for you to, to join us today. So um, uh, we will pass the mic. We will hand the floor to you, uh, Tomas, and let you kind of introduce yourself and, and tell the listeners uh, kind of how Altimo started and all that good stuff. Sure, yeah. So uh, we've been up in the business for the last five years here in Tulsa. Uh, we hand roll all of our cigars in-house. We're one of 50 unite, uh, factories in the U.S. that hand roll cigars and the only one in the Mid-America region. And so uh, uh, very limited competition in what we do. So it's easy to stand out when you're the only one doing it. That's right. <laughs> Now, so people can find you. Uh, uh, you, do, you, you do have an online shop. 
Yes, we have our website, uh, ultimocigars.com, where people can order some of our standard cigars that we produce here in-house. Um, we also do custom stuff, exclusive blending, things like that. Uh, you can find us on social media at Ultimo Cigars on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. So Excellent. Um, yeah, that's a must-follow that for, for everybody. Um, and again, we're still very, very thankful for... We, we've got a partnership with a gentleman named Dirk out of Georgia, Tomas, and he runs a, a, a website, Cigars for Beginners. And it's for um, anybody that's looking to get into cigars uh, that just kind of want to know what are the different shades of wrappers and, and things like that, um, which y- y- you know all too well um uh with the because you blend your own cigars as well right you're not just just yeah it's all done in-house so i source tobacco from all over the world we have over 60 different types of leaf on hand from different regions around the around the globe and that's what i use in the blending process so it's creating uh the blends and then developing the cigars using our proprietary uh, rolling processes and how we manage our tobacco. It's very different than uh, traditional manufacturing, so it allows us to be able to have a lot more flexibility and create some really unique cigars that uh, you normally wouldn't be getting uh, able to get a hold of somewhere else. And I, I'll tell you, I, I first stepped into Altimo, God, it, it was probably 2020. It's been several years ago, and, and I, I will tell you the... F- I had never, I'd never met you before, and and this is the story that I love to tell. So I hope you don't mind me sure. telling this real quick. But I literally had walked two steps in the door, and you introduced yourself to me. And next thing I knew, we were in your your walk-in human door, and you were explaining to me about every. And I tell everybody every time I come in here, I feel like I leave with a more of an education. Um, it's just your hospitality Thank you. is is second to none. Um, it makes you want to come to to shop at Altimo. And well, you know, I'm, I'm very passionate about what I do and I enjoy imparting knowledge and helping people walk away from here feeling like they can also be passionate about what we do here. Yeah, I, I, I am, you know, and, and my brother Adam, if you're listening, he stole my Altimo hat, my camouflage one that you haven't gotten restocked. Oh my gosh. So, um, he may have to go through the table again, Justin. Oh, I, you know, I would. I'd send him, uh, you know, he, I mean, he took your hat. I mean, come on. Yeah. What are you supposed to do? Well, hey, as long as he's supporting Tomas, you know, that, yeah. that means more people get to see it, right? Absolutely. So, so, so also, now you do uh, coffee, and uh, now is that uh, blended in-house as well? Yeah, so I roast my own coffee that we offer in-house. Um, it's a Brazilian and Nicaraguan roast. We also do our own espresso that is Brazilian and Colombian. We have cigars that specifically pair with that coffee and with that espresso. Uh, it's meant to be complementary in terms of um, pH balance with acidity along with alkaline and tobacco, but also complementary origins. So the cigars that go along with the coffee uh, complement this coffee by having same origin tobacco as the coffee beans. Same thing with the espresso as well. Oh, that is excellent, and and all that is again. You can find that uh, on your website. Yes. Yeah, and if you haven't had uh, again, and that's another thing is I'm I'm not a coffee drinker. I mean, I, I do drink coffee, but um, what is it? Cremosa is that? Yeah, the, Cremosa yeah. is the name of the cigar oh, and the coffee, and then the espresso is called Hello Darkness. And Hello that, Darkness, that, right on. That Cremosa, I'm telling you, uh, I come over to buy a cigar and told myself, "Man, you got to try my coffee." And this is right when it came out, and um, you didn't need anything. I mean, it was just like, and, and the cigar, the Cremosa cigar, it's, I, I explain it, it's buttery and creamy, just like that coffee. I hope I'm explaining exactly. it right, but, oh man, it's so good. It's so good. See, guys, I've been working on Sean for a while. He doesn't drink coffee, doesn't drink liquor, really, and he doesn't drink <laughs> beer. I tell you, I have, I have a long way to go, but... Uh, we will get him there pretty soon. He'll be he'll be knocking back uh, whiskey sours and 
and smoking cigars and uh, all the like. So it, it's a it's a work in progress. So everybody just be patient. Well, and <laughs> and you do a lot of work with local establishments, breweries, um, Catholic organizations. Um, Tell the listeners a little bit about that because I, one of your favorite cigars of mine was the D's Nuts. Yes, and I, I I I know that was that was with one of the local brewers. Correct. And uh, it was a barber pole um, cigar, and it was just absolutely fantastic. Um, and when you ran out, Tulsa Hill Cigars had a couple, and I went and bought all of them that they had. Yeah. But um, but yeah, so talk a little bit about yeah, you know you're so, just in Tulsa the so, things you're doing. So when I started up the business here, um, I started with one blend, which is our our scissor tail, it's our flagship cigar. Um, we use that cigar for all of our weddings, corporate events, the live cigar rolling things that we do. Uh, we do a lot of stuff, celebrity stuff for the Paycom Center in Oklahoma City and be okay here on occasion. And so we've done those same cigars with Jonas Brothers and Bad Bunny, Zach Brown Band, Luke Combs. Um, a lot wow. of different acts. Listen, a, a veritable who's who there. Hey. Yeah, now, so, and, and didn't you say that you? I don't. I don't well, I was going to ask about Drake. I don't know if you can mention that. Well, that one, we, we don't have confirmation on that one yet. Yeah. But, okay. Uh, that, but yeah, stay so, tuned, folks. Stay so tuned. When, the, stay when there tuned. are cigar smokers uh, coming through the larger arenas, um, I'm the guy that they call to come in and, and help entertain the acts and their crew and stuff like that through the cigars, live cigar rolling. And uh, so our flagship scissor tail is is what I started this whole business off of. Um, once I started taking off, I had this concept of doing a series of cigars that we call a craft series, which are in conjunction of partnerships with local distilleries and breweries, making cigars that specifically pair with their products. Oh. So the first one was with Dead Armadillo Brewery here in Tulsa, and uh, we make a cigar that pairs specifically with their amber beer. The second one was a cigar that we did did with Nothing's Left Brewing, which is called the D's Nuts. That's it. That's it. Uh, yeah. So we also work <laughs> that's with the one. Uh, we work with um, Red Fork Distillery to make one that pairs with their bourbon, and then we also have a couple other clients that we do cigars for, like Hochtown Distillery in Southeast Oklahoma. We make two cigars for them that are exclusive at the distillery. We don't sell it; you can only get it at the distillery. Oh wow! So we have a couple things like that too. And now, do you do you had one, or you still do one with the firefighters? Yeah, so we do the, um, every year we we relaunch the uh, Oklahoma Burn Camp Cigar. Uh, Burn Camp is an organization for children who suffer burn trauma. It's a camp for them to be able to experience uh, a social setting where uh, the camp counselors, along with children, all kind of have similar experiences, so they don't have to feel different when they're in the Right, right. They don't have to be... uh sensitive about correct they're uh, excellent that is so, yeah, so that's a great organization and so we make a cigar called burn camp uh the concept behind it was to kind of have something that had something reminiscent of camp and graham cracker and s'mores mm-hmm. so those our cigars are not infused but they do have kind of an essence of that that flavor profile and kind of just reminds you of being at camp and that was kind of the concept behind that cigar and then all the proceeds go to um, the organization that is so awesome and if you guys didn't hear that that was the fire truck sirens uh, endorsing Tomas uh, you know, that, was, that was not planned we did not pay him to do that so that was meant to be so by the way yeah let us know when the next uh, burn camp rolls out now, that is a that is definitely a cause worth uh, promoting and you know if I can both smoke a cigar and make a difference that's uh there's there's very little bit uh, uh there there's there's not much better than that to, absolutely you know 
um, I know and like uh, like the Zippo company will will sell like to replant trees and, and this sort of thing uh, and uh, so yeah definitely uh, keep us in mind when those when those roll out again because uh, definitely be looking forward to getting a few of those definitely so are you from a long line of cigars roll- rollers, are you a first generation? How did you get into cigar rolling? So I'm actually the, the first generation doing what I do okay. uh, in my family. But um, when I was 19, I got into the cigar business in Arizona. Um, I used to work three jobs, um, quit those three jobs, travel, come back, get three new jobs. Oh, wow. And uh, I was in the process of looking for a, another job and met this guy who just opened up a second cigar store and needed somebody to run the register. Um, originally he did not want to hire me. So I told him, I'll tell you what, I'll work for free for two days. If you don't like me, I'll go away. Um, if, if, if everything works out, I promise I'll stay and I'll help your company grow. Um, within about a year and a half I was managing, uh, and then I start helping design a new shop. Uh, he moved to California, left me in charge of the business after two years and grew to five retail stores. We started doing wow. a lot more wow. importing. So I spent time going to Nicaragua and Dominican Republic and Honduras, working with major manufacturers, developing blends, importing the cigars that we sold through our website called TNT Cigars that I designed and created. The website went on to be very successful. Um, he and I had some disagreements after being with him for seven years. I decided to just leave the cigar industry went into the liquor industry for about 13 years and uh, oh, wow. built a wine company for a Native American tribe. And while I was doing that, I ended up in Nebraska uh, working with the Winnebago tribe. And it was their uh, CEO of their corporation called Ho-Chunk. Um, he was asking about my past experience, work experience. We talked about cigars and the idea of uh, every cigar store has a cigar store Indian statue, but there aren't any Native American tribes that have premium hand-rolled cigar brands. Some have cigarettes and stuff, but none that are doing hand-rolled cigars. Hmm. So my original concept was going to be to import cigars and then be able to use my past relationships to be able to uh, develop blends and import on behalf of these tribes. Um, unfortunately, uh, it didn't work out that way, but fortunate for myself, I was able to be uh, kind of nimble in how I go about doing the business. Uh, changed up my business model. I already went through that process of licensing and permits and everything else that I needed to be able to import, which is the same as being a manufacturer. So I said, well, I might as well just make cigars then. Yeah. Um, so I started here in this little shop. Uh, you know, I had. I had just lost my job and I had a little table with just space heaters to keep my feet warm and rolling that scissor tail blend. Uh, luckily for me, I had I had good relationships around town from being in the wine business and it was actually um, Tulsa Hill Cigar Cellars. Okay, yeah. When oh, I, wow. When I first went uh, approached them, I said, hey, you know what? Uh, I'm not in the liquor business anymore. I know you know me from that, but uh, uh, I'm about to make some cigars. And they said, you know what? Just let us know when you're ready. Like, no questions asked. Um, and then it was through them when somebody came to them, this gentleman named Jonathan Taylor, came to them and said, hey, I'm doing an event for Tulsa Air and Space Museum. Do you know anybody who rolls cigars? They said, you know what? We know this guy. He put us in charge. So by the time I got all my final permits and everything was ready to go, I already had a customer base wow. starting up. And that's just based yeah. off of reputation. Yeah. So, so and it just kind of grew organically, and and that's what been my model this whole time is just allow things to grow organically. You yeah. know, now we have yeah. clients in Dubai, Saudi Arabia, Qatar, London, Ireland, um, all over the U.S. 
that wow. we do uh, we do custom stuff um so we've got a pretty big expanse of uh, customers around the world and uh, and it just started just organic everything's organic i don't i don't do any paid promotion or anything like that and so when you have your customers that are you know in dubai is it kind of the same process where they give you three or four suggestions of these are cigars that i like and then you kind of blend off of that the same yes. way yeah so it's it's a it's part of so once i developed uh the original scissor tail then started developing our craft series then i started developing more blends that we offer um and it was through demand uh, people saying hey you know what i like this cigar can you make me a cigar that tastes like it or i like these cigars can you make me a cigar and so i, I said you know what this is again it's organic is what people are asking for so i decided i'm going to put together a process by which we can create these custom exclusive blends for individuals who want a cigar designed to their taste and so um, that's where our master blend process or our master blend experience came from uh, and so what it is is basically a client could go to our website, fill out the profile, and there's 12 different tasting notes, and give us some feedback on what they like about cigars, and then they give us a list of three or four cigars that they enjoy. And then I'll go out, purchase the cigars, smoke the cigars, extrapolate common flavor elements, residual oils, construction, draw characteristics, um, smoke density, uh, you know, just understanding what it is that that person enjoys about those particular cigars and what is common among those cigars. And then kind of cross-reference with their profile and their taste uh, preferences. So I just have to stop at this one just for our, our the other half of our listeners, uh, or I should say maybe the third. So do you ever do uh, like pipe tobacco or uh, blends, uh, maybe, for, maybe a cigar blend for a pipe? We don't do pipe. And the reason for that is, again, um, what we do is considered by the FDA and the TTB as premium hand rolled cigars so when you go into doing anything that adds flavor additive or modifies the tobacco flavor or mixes with stuff that's non-tobacco then it becomes a different category of product and the registration process and things like that becomes a little bit different so i stay within my wheelhouse of premium hand rolled cigars gotcha. where it's just the natural tobacco flavor okay all right just had to just had to throw that in for our, sure. our, our many pipe smokers out there including myself yeah but I, I will say this uh, since i've started doing this podcast i've actually probably smoked more cigars in this podcast doing this and say since what no, november when yeah november yeah. since november then i probably have an, more cigars since november than the last five years combined i mean <laughs> that, that's how that's how much of a pipe smoker i was maybe and, we're, and, maybe and, we're um, converting you to the dark side i tell you what well but but sean's out there looking for pipes and, and stuff now so <laughs> well you know it's it's, it's, it's it's this time of year where it's, you don't want to waste take. a good cigar yeah, yeah. yeah i hear you I hear you. And, so. and Justin, you kind of—that's a great segue and kind of one I wanted to um, bring up next. And, and I know we and Chase will get you on here in just a second. I promise I'm not trying to bogart the mic and stuff. But um, <laughs> and I've heard Tomas say this a couple of times, uh, and so I'll kind of let him explain it. But he says I smoke one cigar a week. You said so you've told me that a couple of times, um, and uh, I love how you can do that with your cigars. That you can. You know, you, if you take a couple of puffs off of it, you set it down, you come back out the next day. So explain then to people how that is with the different process you do with your, sure. your leaf and stuff. Yeah, so we do things different than traditional manufacturing. This allows us to have a much more um, flexible business model. Um, you know, I had a, a 
a, a person messaged me once on uh, Facebook and said, hey, you know, I met Marky Patel and I asked him what would it take to open up a cigar factory? And he says, um, if you want to make a million dollars in the cigar business, you start with three million dollars. And, <laughs> and, uh, and I believe I, that. Yes. And so being able to be successful or at least thrive in the cigar industry, um, you either have to have a lot of capital or a lot of flexibility. And so... Um, when I started doing what we do, uh, it's it's been a it was a evolution of the cigar manufacturing process. Uh, it, it was basically through seeking out faults and errors in the cigar manufacturing process, and then re-engineering those faults out. The idea behind that is, if you engineer out the failure points, then you don't have to train around those failure points. And uh -huh. so, once I start hiring people, I start realizing cigars were plugged, cigars were having to sit because of excess moisture. Um, you know, a lot of different variables that create failure in a cigar. And, and most of the time, people write it off as being, well, this is just a handmade product. There's going to be failure in it. Um, but the reality is, if you get a bad cigar from Placencia or Rocky Patel or Alec Bradley or whomever it is, you're just going to throw it away and go buy a new cigar. Uh, if somebody gets a bad cigar from me, they're going to walk in my door with a Ziploc bag with a half-smoked cigar and tell me to oh my, my face. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. And so for me, uh, at, a, at a point of pride, I started looking at the different failure points. What can I do to make it to where the cigar is more smokable at a, in a shorter period of time? What can I do to help eliminate the variables that create plug cigars um, or the bitter flavors, things like that? So what we do differently is we store our tobacco in a climate-controlled environment. That climate-controlled environment allows the tobacco to be pliable so we can roll it into a cigar without adding excess moisture. Most of the time they have to take dry leaf and wet it over multiple days to be able to get it to be pliable. But what you're doing is trapping the excess moisture in the cigar so it has to go through what's called a sick period where it's going to dissipate that excess moisture. Uh -huh. In addition to that, by having it sitting in bales and dry storage, it's continuing the fermentation process, which is similar to... Um, composting you know it gives off gas yeah. but because it's covered in burlap and it's all piled up you know that gas has nowhere to escape so that also then gets trapped and transferred into the cigar so the cigar has to go through a period called the sick period which can last up to 12 months before it's a smokable cigar and that's basically just allowing the tobacco to gas off and dry wow so we store our tobacco in a different environment so it can do all of that ahead of time so the cigar is ready to smoke when it's finished but in addition to that, what happens is um, when you smoke a cigar, it starts tasting bitter in that second half of the cigar. Uh, or when you relight a cigar, it tastes yeah. bitter. Yes. And that's because it has the veins. The central okay. midrib vein, uh, in most cases, you'll see posts on social media and people will justify it and say, well, the veins are in there um, because it gives off most of the flavor or because that uh, uh, gives it rigidity and construction to the cigar. Mm. Uh, things like that. But the reality is... Uh, it's costly. The vein we buy tobacco by the pound, and so the vein weighs about a third the weight of the leaf, and so 25 to 30, 33 percent of that weight means that you're throwing away money every time you take that vein and throw it away. Uh, we remove the vein out of every leaf in all of our cigars, and the mm. reason why is because the vein, as the tobacco goes through the fermentation process, which is essentially just drying, mm -hmm. it's not a chemical fermentation; it's a natural fermentation process. And as it goes through that process. Um, the chemical compounds such as chlorophyll, alkaline, ammonia, excess nicotine, is concentrates uh, into that central midrib vein. So as you burn the vein, 
it starts to release those chemical compounds, which then filters through the second half of your cigar, or it'll concentrate at the burn line. So when you put a cigar out, you go to relight it, you're reburning the high concentration of those chemicals. That's what gives off bitter flavor when you relight a cigar. So the best thing to do is to purge, meaning blowing out to expel those gases or those compounds before and, you relight a cigar. And you guys, now, if you were listening last week, we we had a, a controversy about that, and that's exactly what uh, Mike at Tobacco Pouch said. But his was he had to keep putting it down and relighting it, putting it down, you know, for his business. Yeah. But yes. So again, so again, we. Uh, We've been getting good advice all the way around, all the way around. So, so thank you for that. Yeah. So by purging the cigar, you're you're expelling out those ga- those uh, chemical compounds, which then filter into the second half of your cigar, and that's why when you get to the second half of a cigar, it starts tasting bitter, because then you reburn those chemicals again, give off a bitter flavor. If you keep smoking that cigar, it starts to carbonize those compounds and then it builds up in the back of your throat and that's why after smoking a cigar you end up with like <clears throat> for two or three days yeah uh, because it's carbonized on the back of your throat and your tonsils oh i didn't know that yeah yeah see we just learned something just and, oh my god yeah so by removing the veins the central midrib vein uh out of every leaf and all of our cigars we're reducing the compounds that are present in the cigar uh it gives off a, a much cleaner smoke you get much more complexity in the flavor uh, but in addition to that, as you mentioned, I smoke one cigar a week. That means I smoke one cigar for the whole week, and it lasts me the week. And uh, I'll come back, relight it, and it doesn't have that bitter buildup because at the burn line, it hasn't concentrated or carbonized those chemical compounds. So there's no need to purge the cigar or anything like that. And we have people test us all the time. And I'm one of them. Yeah. I'm, I'm a living testimony because the first cigar I ever bought from you was your um, a scissor tail. And it had the, uh, what's the green wrapper called? The Candela. Candela. And I tested you because you, you told me that. And I did. I smoked on that thing for a week. And every time I relit it, it was like I was lighting it up for the first time. Oh, wow. I didn't have to cut it. Yeah. And then relight it. It was uh, like you said. It, you just set it and forget it, and then you yeah. come back out the next day or the n- next two days, and you didn't have to worry about it the the wrapper falling apart in your hand or anything like that. Yeah. And a- I do it with every one of your cigars, whether it's the Cremosa or the Scissor Tail, the D's Nuts. Um, I, I can't think of some of the other ones I've had, but uh, um, yeah, I'm I, I'm I'm living proof that, that what he's saying is 100 percent true. Yeah, and like I said, we get tested all the time. A lot of people don't believe that, and. Uh, and you know, to me, it shows a higher level of value. You don't have to throw away the cigar if it goes out. You know, many people uh, out there will say, "I'll never relight a cigar when it goes out because it never tastes the same," and they end up throwing half a cigar away every time. Or I have people come in and say, yeah, "You know what? Um, you know, my wife." called me in to help with the kids and stuff so i love the fact that i can just go in do what i got to do come back out relight my cigar and it it still tastes good and especially this time of year when it's you know negative one or whatever you know you can take a couple of puffs off of it set it down and 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 if the next day is a little bit nicer uh, go ahead and finish that cigar chase you got anything you want to say you want to mention you want to say i'm going to pass the mic to you um whatever that this drink is amazing I will say that. <laughs> yeah, get yeah, a little closer. Sorry. Yeah, you're Is that good. good? Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, good. Right now. Um, so I had a question about the coffee. How, how do you? <laughs> uh, what is that? Uh, I don't really know much about coffee, but I don't really know how, like how, what is the process of making coffee taste different than other? Sure. Coffees? So the coffee that we do. So the way the coffee came about. Um, so I spent some time in Nicaragua, and uh, hiked up a volcano out there called Volcán Mombacho, and halfway up the volcano, um, I saw this 
old lady and she had a child, young child strapped to her back and she had a large bag strapped to her front and she was out picking wild coffee berries. And then halfway up the volcano, there's a little house and they had fresh coffee and it was just like a little stand. And it was a re really cool experience. And so I've always wanted to do something with coffee. Um, I created a cigar here called the Cremosa. It was just like a really creamy, just easy smoking cigar. And I was like, man, that would go great with coffee. And, uh, you know, a former employee who worked here, uh, Evan, um, you know, unfortunately he's passed. So, uh, oh, uh, RIP Evan. Yeah, <laughs> um, right. But he was really on to me about, like, you, you got to make coffee. You got to do a coffee for this cigar. And um, he harassed me for like two months that you got to do a coffee for this cigar. So I was like, all right. And the idea behind it was that we had to have a coffee. I wanted to make a coffee that was gonna be low acid, specifically because tobacco has alkaline. High alkaline and high acid gives off astringency. So it's a pH balance aspect of it. Hmm. Um, the other aspect of that was also to have complementary flavors. And, uh, and I thought to myself, it would be really cool to be able to have same origin, uh, coffee and tobacco. So the idea behind that, it, what grows together, goes together. And so the tobacco and the cigar, we use uh, some Brazilian and some Nicaraguan tobacco. So I decided to use Brazilian and Nicaraguan coffee beans. So the coffee that we use is uh, a Brazilian Cerrado, which is, con which is a, uh, a honey or a natural processed. So there's three ways to process coffee in the drying process. Uh, you take the whole berry and you allow it to dry in the whole berry skins, pulp and everything. And that's called natural processing. And then there's honey processing where it's just the pulp. And then there's dry process where it's just the bean extracted from the berry and drying it without any influence from the pulp or the skins. Hmm. And so each of those different processes is going to yield different characteristics in the coffee itself. And so we use a Brazilian Cerrado, which is natural processed. So it's processed and dried with the pulp and the skins. And that gives a little bit of a... Um, a little bit of a kind of a uh, cranberry uh, fr fruity note on the finish. Uh, and then from there we use a, uh, uh, it's a Nicaraguan Isabella organic honey processed bean. And it's from Nicaragua. And the honey process is just the pulp, which gives you a little bit more of a creamy nuttiness and oily uh, complexity to the, to the coffee bean. So I use a 50-50 blend of those two, and then I roast it to a uh, 500 degrees temperature. So we do what's called a double crack. Uh, so we allow the tobacco, the not tobacco, the coffee to come to a first crack. Basically, it's like popping like popcorn. So once it starts, we allow it to cool so it retains its oils, and then we bring it back up temperature again, and then do a second crack. Wow. And then we bring it back, cool it quickly under fans, and uh, and that allows the tobacco to re or the coffee to retain some of the nice oily, creamier mouthfeel to the coffee, and that pairs really well with the cigar as well. So a lot of people enjoy our coffee because it has a nice creamy texture without having to add right. any dairy or cream to it. Wow, right. and that low acidity and everything. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really cool. I love drinking a coffee with a cigar. It just goes so well. Yeah, absolutely. Really cool. um, and this I know. Chase loves a dark, oily wrapper. Mm -hmm. What uh, is that usually? Is that like a Nicaraguan wrapper, or is that something you can get 
a Dominican, any of those rappers, can you make them like that? Like, is it an aging thing? Or? So what happens when you get a really dark, dark, oily rapper, you know, if you get a box of cigars and they all look uniformly black and oily, uh, most of the time those tobaccos have been processed. It's called Bethune. It's a secondary processing where they boil the tobacco and sometimes they'll add caramel color. Sometimes they add hmm. uh, uh, seasoning, things like that, um, to get that consistency in that black coloration. Uh, if you watch videos on YouTube, you'll see that black comes off, and their hands are all colored and you know dark and oh, stuff man. like that. Um, and that's because it's a secondary process. So we don't do any secondary processing on any of our tobaccos. So you'll always see variation, uh, particularly when you get into the darker leaves like the Oscuros or the Maduros. Um, you'll see variation in our leaves uh, because I don't do anything in secondary post-process on, on the tobacco. Uh, so a lot of times um, you can tell when you're smoking a cigar that has, been gone, that has gone through a secondary process. Um, usually when you're smoking the cigar right behind that burn line, you'll see uh, um, the burn and then a lighter color which is the natural color of the leaf and then you'll see like a, a really glossy sheen where it's caramelizing the sugars and stuff from that whatever caramel color or whatever they added and then you got that dark inky blackness of the wow I, ha I, ha I have seen that I and I wondered you know I, d I just never well I never really thought about it. oh that's just how a cigar is but no okay yeah tobacco that's doesn't ferment that dark wow okay <laughs> so your maduros are not going to be as dark as some others yeah they're not going to have that really just oily dark black inky color to it now uh, something else I wanted to touch on uh, so like they say that different cigar makers will have like a different you know because we, we always give the size of our cigar like you know six by 50 or you know seven by 48 or whatever you know and they say that they use a different blend to approximate the flavor for each like size like it's not just uh at least according to them it's not just a leaf and you cut it down to size what you what you need um uh, what do you think about that and is that something you do like a different blend for each say a toro robusto what have you yeah so what we do differently than traditional manufacturing is we have more variety than traditional manufacturers in terms of blends. So what happens is if you take one cigar and you size it down, you have to change the ratio of leaf to size it down. Okay. So you do have to gotcha. readjust the blend. That's why when you get a cigar from a cigar aficionado magazine, this was a you know 98 points or whatever it was, and then you're like, you know what, I don't want to go pay $40 for that cigar. I'm gonna buy a different size that mm -hmm. costs maybe $15. And it, you're like not impressed. Right. Because it's not the same blend. It's not gonna be the same uh -huh. flavor profile. So if you have a cigar, for example, that is a 60 ring gauge cigar, the ratio of filler leaf versus the wrapper leaf is going to be significantly different if you take that same cigar and do it say in a Lonsdale when it's like a 38 ring gauge cigar. So the wrapper leaf on a 38 ring gauge cigar is going to have significantly more influence in the flavor profile than say a 60 ring gauge cigar. So you have to make uh, accommodations for that but you can't necessarily replicate the exact same flavor profile because the ratio of leaf will have to change to accommodate different sizes. Okay, so they were kind of they were kind of at least telling them mostly the truth there about it, it. It does matter. So that's why the size, like if you, if like if so, if I told Sean, oh, I had this great Churchill, and 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 if he went and bought that same cigar, say in a in a Toro, he he might get a very different experience. Yeah, most of the time when you're you're going from like a Churchill to a Toro, it's going to be minimal. But if you're going from like a Churchill to say like a Corona. 
where it's a small, smaller ring gauge and uh-huh. stuff, then you're going to see a little bit more significant. Uh, so it's the ring gauge that really makes a difference. Yeah. So because like a Churchill to a Toro, it's just same diameter, just cut down in length. Okay. Right. So you're going to use essentially the same ratio of leaf. It's just going to be a shorter cigar. Where it comes to uh, big change or changes in the quantity of filler is when you're expanding in terms of diameter. Because oh, okay. you got to make it a fatter cigar, so you got to add more filler to accommodate a bigger size. Um, but it also changes the amount of airflow and things like that as well because a larger ring gauge cigar, you need a looser draw so it can have more oxygen and burn more materials. Whereas like a smaller ring gauge cigar, uh, you want it to have a little bit of resistance, more of a medium draw, so you could pick up a little bit more, uh, or actually gives a little bit of a slower burn, and you pick up a little bit more richness in the flavor. That's why people are really leaning toward like Lonsdales, Panatellas, and stuff right now because they're finding that you get more richness and flavor in those cigars uh, because you're getting just like a one to one to one ratio, right? As opposed right. to like the other larger cigars. All right, so I have to ask. Uh, th- this comes around on our podcast almost every almost every episode. So you're smoking your cigar, punch, V cut, guillotine. What do you think? <laughs> well, everybody says it's a matter of preference, and it is. Right. Um, so I will say that I always advise people find a cigar that you like, and then find the cut that you like for that cigar. The reason for that is that um, our anatomy of taste is broken down in zones on the palate, for example. Mm-hmm. The tip of the tongue, you get more of your spice. So when you smoke a cigar that's real spicy and burns the tip of your tongue, mm-hmm. you may find that if you do a punch cut on that cigar, it's going to push the smoke back to the mid-palate so the spice is more subtle and picks up more on the finish oh. as opposed to being like primary red right at the tip of the tongue. Okay, uh, You might find that um, cigars that tend to have a little bit more of like a sweeter flavor profile. If you like, say, like if you're in like an acid or a Cuba Cuba or, or uh, Fat Bottom Betty, things like that, uh-huh. you know, the sweet zone on the palate is going to be right behind the tip of the tongue. That's where you taste sweet. And so doing something that's more like a, either a straight guillotine cut or even like a V cut, you might get a little bit more sweetness on the palate uh, as opposed to doing. A punch cut so uh, you know it is a matter of preference but you might find that your preference might change with the cigar oh okay see in mine has because when i first started smoking a cigar it was more out of fear of ruining a good cigar with a guillotine cut because mm. you, you never know like you don't want to cut off too much of that cap in right and so to me the punch was safe like i'm not going to screw the cigar up too bad punching it um but now i've moved into i really like a v-cut I feel like I'm get I, I find myself getting and maybe it's because I'm getting a little bit more of that sweetness and a little bit more even sometimes like that leather I'm getting it a little bit more uh, and maybe it's because I'm just hitting that different zone on my palate yeah, like people you said. tend to find that the V cut um, puts out a, a larger fan of smoke so you get a more even distribution on the palate hmm. as opposed to a narrow stream down the middle of the palate and so um, so you can find that a lot of people tend to right now are, are gearing toward the, the V cut because it allows for a little bit more complexity um you know it's there's a lot of cigars out there that tend to be very one-dimensional and changing how you cut the cigar can actually add a little bit more complexity to the cigar excellent excellent so out of all the cigars that you've made which one has been kind of like i know the scissor tail is probably like your baby because that started everything right but but is there one to you that like have you made one for yourself personally that you haven't released to the public or 
Yeah, so <laughs> my favorite cigar that I've made um, every year, it's actually my favorite cigar every year, is our anniversary cigar. Okay. Um, but on our anniversary, I make a new blend every year. And so we can't recreate it. I always do something that makes it difficult for me to be able to recreate that cigar. So when I say it's exclusive or limited, it's it's limited to me even. So, for example, the first anniversary, I grew tobacco here in the shop. And I used the tobacco that I grew in our first anniversary cigar. That's so, so cool. So there was wow. no way for me to be yeah. able to replicate <laughs> yeah. that cigar. Um, last year, I used tobacco that was... Um, from Peru that was 14 year old tobacco that uh, it was the last that was on hand at my distributor and I was like I'll just take the last couple pounds you got and I can't recreate that cigar anymore and so every year when I do an anniversary cigar I put a lot of effort into creating the most complex cigar to date and then uh, try to top it the next year and, and when is that anniversary yeah, when cigar? does it come out <laughs> uh, it's in October every year. Okay. October yeah. okay yeah, yeah that's uh, that's cool and um, and then you do one for um, st. Patrick's Day every yeah. are you still doing that yeah we do seasonal cigars uh, our Irish Wolfhound is Irish one Wolfhound. we do for that's st. Patrick's it. Day um, that excellent one, cigar yeah. excellent cigar that one was meant to have a little bit of a ginger note to it um, when I was in the liquor industry, I worked for liquor distributors and, and brokers. And uh, when I was working with Jameson Irish Whiskey, uh, there was this whole thing of Jameson and ginger ale. So I wanted to create a cigar that pairs with an Irish whiskey that has a little bit of a ginger note to it. So the idea behind the Irish Wolfhound is to have it to where it pairs well with with uh, Irish whiskeys. All right, so I'm getting pretty excited about that. Then, so 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 when's it? When can we see a rollout of that? Would you uh, estimate? Yeah, so we do the Irish Wolfhound every March. Every and, March, uh, yep, so coming, so coming, March. coming, yep. coming up pretty quickly. And then we yeah. do uh, Cinco de Mayo. We always do a cigar called El Caballero de Mexico, which means the gentleman from Mexico. That one we do primarily Mexican tobaccos. It's a really unique cigar because it is um, 90% Mexican tobacco leaf, and that one has a really nice creamy woodsy note to it mm. pairs really well with the reposado tequilas uh, we do one on fourth of july that's called the american puro which means pure american 100 percent american tobacco um, that one we're using tobacco from maryland kentucky virginia connecticut and pennsylvania wow and that's got we use a, a smoked tobacco from kentucky that is a fire cured and it has a, a really nice light almost like a barbecued ribs Mm-hmm. You wow. got me there. Yeah. See, That's Justin it. likes the whiskey. I like the ribs. Yeah, that. You know, I like them. <laughs> so, so we, we try to mix mix in some really unique stuff that you normally won't find anywhere else in the world. And you have this posted on your website so people can yeah. check in and from say what's next. Exactly. Yeah, and we send out newsletters and stuff as well, letting people know what we have coming up. Yeah, make sure you sign up for that email. So Sean, uh, don't forget to tell them where they can stop in and see. Mr. Yeah. Thomas. So we are. Uh, well, I, I I say 31st and Sheridan, but there's there are probably an actual physical address. I'll let Tomas give that because uh, I know we're in the Mall 31 uh, shopping center here. But, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The so address is 6390 East 31st Street, okay. Sweet C. Sweet C. Yeah. Okay. Now, I promise you, you're going to come in for the cigar, but you're going to leave with an education and probably about six cigars. Oh, and my then, gosh. Yeah. And, uh, um, but that's, you know, it's, it's, and I love hearing your story every time I hear it because it's, it's not just, you know, you think of success in a business and it's like a, a a pack store, right? Mm-hmm. Where y- you have some loyal followers and you have people that are, you know, you're doing these cigar rolling classes and, and the organizations in town that you're, you're being so kind to, to be there for. And But you also have an international Correct. 
customer base and that's just to me it's just it's it's so great you know yeah yeah, yeah. well again that kind of goes back to the diversity and the flexibility and the process you know creating a process that allows us to operate in just-in-time inventory allows us to go from leaf to smoke in 24 hours wow. creates a lot yeah. more flexibility in the business model you know traditional manufacturers have oh they're a one-trick pony it's you make cigars you let them sit you can't sell them until they're ready and that can take up to a year. So the the variety of tobacco and the variety of cigars that they produce is going to be much smaller because it doesn't make sense to make millions of cigars for next year in all these different varieties. Instead, they're going to have a smaller selection and a higher quantity right. to be able to have ready on hand. So we have clients come to us all the time saying, I want to get a custom blend. Can you send me some samples? And I say, no, I can't. Uh, I can send you some of the cigars that we offer, but none of those will be your blend. Yeah. Because your blend is going to be the cigar that we make for you. Right. Yeah. And that's that's the difference between the way we operate, whereas traditional manufacturers, if you want to create your own cigar blend or your cigar brand, uh, they're going to send you five or six samples of stuff that they already have aging that we have right. sitting in their in their their aging room going through that sick period and all that kind of stuff so your cigar may be the same cigar that they're selling to somebody in florida or somebody in massachusetts under their own label or their own brand or whatever it might be so the idea of exclusivity doesn't exist uh with the exception of what we do here yeah so, and so go just, ahead, just give us an idea about about how many cigars um and and you are the exclusive the exclusive roller is that correct? So myself and Philip. So the, so you the, got two guys. Yeah. So okay. the way so. I uh, akin to what we do is like an artist studio. Okay, gotcha. So you go to an artist studio, they're going to have prints, reproductions. You know, there's a painting that I did. It's in this museum. You can get a reproduction print of it in my right. studio at right. a gift shop, or you can commission an exclusive artwork gotcha. that you can have made specific to your house and your design elements things like that so so about how many cigars go out of here a month would you say we produce about two to three thousand cigars a month a month on, so. guys yeah. that's a month uh, two guys rolling yeah you know what i'm saying that's uh that's pretty incredible to me and the one thing i wanted to kind of touch on before you know I want to make sure we include this in here. Is you had a comedian that you hand rolled for? Uh, what was his name? Bert. Bert Kreischer. Yes. Yeah. And then he actually started hand rolling his own blend that you made him or something like that. So the right? way that worked out was the uh, the Paycom Center hired me. Um, so we do most of the time when they have acts that are cigar smokers, they'll have me backstage rolling cigars for the act and the crew, and uh, while they set up or before the the performance. Um, this one was unique because Burt Kreischer wanted to do a cigar rolling class. So what I did was ahead of the class, I watched him on podcasts. I, I studied what cigars he enjoys, what he likes about cigars, the size, things like that. So then I took all that information and extrapolated what I needed to know to be able to develop a cigar for Burt Kreischer to his tastes, to his preferences. So then we did the private cigar rolling class for him and Tiffany Haddish and a few other art comedians while they were on tour. And he got to learn how to roll the cigar that was designed specifically for him and his taste palette. And so, uh, so it was unique because we're, I was able to kind of combine the cigar rolling class with the custom blend service that we offer. Oh, wow. That is so that, cool. That is excellent. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, it's I keep wanting to call you the professor because you just you know so. <laughs> so you guys can come down to Altimo Cigars and see the professor, Tomas. Yeah. I don't know if, 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 if that's what he really wants you to call him. Yeah, but call it anything you want. <laughs> just not late for lunch. That's just right. Not, I, I hear that. I hear um, that. You know, and uh, so when you do smoke a cigar, do you have a preferred 
ring gauge that you like? No, I kind of, you know, that's the cool thing about the way we, the way I develop cigars, you know, it's, uh, it gives me a lot of variety, you know, especially yeah. when I'm doing the custom stuff. The cool thing about doing these custom blends, it takes me outside of my box, you know, same thing with an artist. Again, I have an art background. I used to do oil painting with sculpture wow. oh, and, wow. and showing museums and galleries and stuff. Um, but as an artist, you tend to kind of get pigeonholed into replicating the same style right. over and over and over, um, because you get known for that or same thing like with, you know, sing free bird. Yes. Every, every, yes. Oh, yeah. Same song yeah. every yes. time, right? Uh, and so, same thing with the cigars. You know, when I'm developing a cigar, I know that the scissor tail is successful. I know that these particular blends do well. So, sometimes I got to get myself outside the box. And so, when I do these custom blends, it really takes me outside of my own personal box. I'm smoking cigars that I normally wouldn't pick up and able to create these really cool, unique blends. And, uh, and so, really just... It depends on the mood. Sometimes I'll smoke a small ring gauge Cromosa. Sometimes I'll smoke, smoke a 60 ring gauge cigar. Um, it'll depend on what I'm working on at the time. Sometimes if I really enjoy a cigar that I made for somebody as a custom blend, I'll make a couple extra smoking myself. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like, let's throw another f extra five in there. <laughs> hey, so, well, we better be yeah, careful. We may, we may end up with a smoking sounds blend. Ooh, exactly. right. custom. You know? Um, we're going to pretend like me and Justin have ever smoked an Opus X, but uh, oh, right. um, but I tell you that Silver Creek or the Crow Creek Silver Band Silver yeah, Edition, silver label, yeah. holy! Insert the uh, beat button right there, guys, because that was a hell of a cigar. Yeah. And you know, every time I smoke one of your cigars, I think, oh, it's going to be hard to top this one. Um, now the, these nuts, if I'm going to keep an eye, listen at Ultimo Cigars on social media. You guys help me keep an eye out for these these nuts, and y'all, if I if I if I'm sleeping, y'all let me know. I don't want to miss out. I'm I'm literally like two blocks work from here, so I'm going to come running over here. Uh, so you guys let me know if I fall asleep on the job, but. Um, but you said that those ra those wrappers that you used in that um, kind of faded away or so. Well, so in that cigar, we use both a uh, Ecuadorian Connecticut shade wrapper and we use a Mexican San Andres Oscuro wrapper. Um, the Mexican San Andres. So what happened a lot of times, uh, or a lot of people are realizing that during COVID, uh, the tobacco usually ages between two to four years, and so two to four years ago four years ago particularly we were in the middle of covid yeah uh -huh. and so a lot of the tobaccos weren't getting farmed weren't getting harvested stuff was dying in the field and so uh, the yield and access accessibility for some of these tobaccos is very limited right now because we're just coming out of that covid era and so um, so for example with the mexican san andres wrapper we've been having a hard time getting some of that leaf uh, should be coming into stock from what i've heard from my distributor uh, February, March, somewhere around there. But it's you been guys about heard a, that it's February been about a year. or March. Uh -huh. And so, so some of the leaf we just can't get a hold of anymore, um, or it's just we're long, on a long wait list uh, due to the COVID stuff. Right. Yeah. And, and right. you see that not just with us, but also a lot of other major manufacturers are switching leaves. You'll find that some of the tobaccos um, that they're using, um, you know, because they do that secondary processing, get that dark coloration, they'll substitute leaves. Yeah. So I'm finding, I'm seeing in the market that some, some manufacturers are actually substituting or relaunching cigars on, with a different wrapper leaf. So uh, outside of Altimo Cigar, because that's all of our favorite cigars, is there a cigar that you preferred? Like, was there, a, you know, a, a Perdomo or a Padron or... Davidoff, is there anything that you like? Yeah, preferred? So, so my two favorite cigars that I used to smoke, um, and I still on occasion will, are the Ashton BSGs and Arturo Fuente Hemingway line. Okay, Hemingway line. Okay, yeah, those are, those are yeah. kind of my favorite, my go tos. 
Yeah, I've had I've had a couple of Ashtons, and those are, are decent cigars. Um, uh, I just got introduced to Padron cigars this summer, and mm-hmm. so I've I've started kind of liking those. So yeah, those, those may have to be included in the Smoke and Sounds profile. Uh, we'll let you know when those. And we've we even designed our own cigar label, so we could. It's like a match made in heaven. Ultimo <laughs> cigars and smoking sounds. It's like it's I almost like it. it was meant to be. Uh, you Big know, it show. was. That's that's right, McMahon. Get <laughs> <laughs> uh, more local than that. <laughs> well, hey, listen. So, um, you know, Chase, you got anything else you want to ask before we start wrapping this up? Um, I mean, he pretty much told me more than I've ever even thought about about cigars. So I really. <laughs> I don't have a lot of questions. Oh, I hear you. Well, I'm hoping you and Justin can get the the grand tour of the humidor and all that. I like I said when I first walked in, it was just I'll, I'll never forget that, and I, I I can never thank you for your hospitality Absolutely. and 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 again for for doing this with us. Um, do you got anything you want to bring up before we wrap this up? Yeah, I mean, like I said, just check out our website. Um, you know, we do a lot of really cool, unique cigars. You know, our cigars will have anywhere from four up to eight different countries of origin in one cigar. So you, you'll get a lot more complexity than what you're finding in the market. You know, the custom stuff, we're the only only factory in the world. I'm the only person in the world that offers that service. So wow. if you wow. want exclusive, you can't get more exclusive than that. That's oh right. Oh, my gosh. And make yeah. sure you put in the in the comments or in the email or whatever that you heard Tomas on Smoking Sounds. It's probably not going to get you anything. We just want to let you, Tomas know that you guys heard him and, and fell in love with him on, on oh, our yeah. show here. And, and definitely, if you're, if you're in the Tulsa area, definitely come on by. Yeah, uh, if you know, you're not by. coming by Ultimo Cigars. I don't know. You need to be. <laughs> I, I don't. You know, you're doing something <laughs> wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I and, mean, and and even even if you're just a even if you're just a coffee drinker, you say, well, I'm not really. Uh, that coffee just sounds fantastic. Yeah. And, and uh, it's so hard to find uh, really good, uh, you know, stuff you don't have to order online or whatever. Uh, and so definitely want to uh, want to take advantage of that. And of course, if you are a cigar smoker absolutely get both and uh you know you'll be set up i'm i'm just sure of it yeah i mean because you know and and i love our local cigar shops and so i don't mean this in in a disrespectful way at all i can go to any one of those shops and pick up a perdomo 10th anniversary right i can only come to one ultimo i can only come and have hand-rolled and you're talking and having a conversation with the gentleman that just rolled your cigar and you're getting an education from the professor and you know you're just gonna you there it's gonna be a little bit more special of a cigar yeah we try to offer just a different level of experience yeah and it's and, it, and that's what it is i mean you know i encourage anybody if you have an opportunity come by the shop uh, but if not you if you are a cigar smoker, you have to. Uh, now, do you, you sell single sticks on online? Uh, or? So online, it'll vary based on the cigars itself. We okay. try to keep it within an uh, entry-level price point around forty to fifty dollars. Right. Some cigars that means it's two cigars. Some cigars means it's five cigars. Right. So it'll vary based on the size, shape, and blend things like that. Because I guess it probably doesn't really make sense to send one cigar right. to New York or something right. <laughs> with shipping costs and stuff like right. that. You know, yeah. 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 Now everyone wants to know. So what's the ETA of the of the new? Uh, 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 Optimo uh, camo hats. Yes, that's <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure that one's going to be on hot on our list. Yes. Yeah, we'll be putting those together for the summer. That's right. Okay, for and, the summertime. Yes. And and again, what I'm watching the Irish Wolfhound cigar should be available in March. Yeah. So we do offer our uh, limited edition seasonal cigars year round. Yeah. But we make them to order. And so, uh, so for example, if it's the middle of December and somebody wants to do the Irish Wolfhound, you can order online. You just got to give us a couple extra days to put into rotation. Gotcha. That's, that's gotcha. awesome. Okay. Yeah. yeah. 
All right, Justin, what do you got before we get out of here? Well, I just want to thank, uh, again, thank Mr. Tomas for having us in here to kind of, you know, disrupt his day. Well, by the way, if you did hear anything in the background, there is a there is a four-legged friend who wanted to be on the podcast, but uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, we put our two feet down instead of four feet, and so she wasn't able to be on. But uh, uh, maybe next time we can have her jump on the mics and stuff. And, yeah. and So if you heard that. So um, other than that, uh, by the way, be tuned in for next week. Next week, um, we, it'll be the countdown to the uh, uh, WWE's Royal, Royal Rumble, and it's going to be a wrestling uh, podcast. If we have to change it at the last minute, we'll let everybody know, but that's that's certainly what we have for next week. But again, weather, sickness, a lot of things happen at this time of year. Uh, so, um, oh, and, and big, uh, big... Um, uh, kudos to uh, to Jessica, who you all heard last week. Now she's uh, under the weather this week, but she's still either Sean snuck out or she let him come <laughs> and do this podcast here at here at, at Altimo. Uh, but in either case, get get well soon, Miss Jessica, and uh, and uh, thanks for being such a good sport, even if you don't feel like it right at this moment. That's right. And hey, we always got to say thank you to our loyal followers and listeners. Matthew at budget.smoker or budget.cigar.smoker. You know the crazy gringo over there, Jay Ram. Jay Ram. That's right. Hey, Kevin at Cigars with Kevin. Big Al at Cigars with Kev, uh, with Big Al. See, I always get those mixed up. Sorry, guys. Been in the boys over at the Leaf Cutters. Carrie at Cowboy HD11. Uh, Jim, uh, thanks. Uh, and oh, we had a gentleman, uh, he was going to drive down from Chicago, wanted to have a cigar with us. Uh, the Kai crew up there, his son is uh, in the Army. I, and uh, if you guys want to follow his son, it's at the O L E C H A P S H E R F, the old chaps. I don't know. I, I'm I don't know how to say that either. Yeah, I'm going to mess it up. But hey, thank you for your service. But he didn't spell and, it. And uh, hey, as always, we got Chase here with us. Thank you, Chase, That's for coming right. out. Um, at Pipes. Here you go. At Pipes underscore and underscore sticks. That's a lot of ands and underscores, Justin. <laughs> I, don't know, I, don't know how we, I don't know how we keep up with that. But, uh, but listen, again, ooh, I cannot thank Tomas enough. Thank you, sir, for having us in again. And again, tune in next week. The countdown to, to Royal Rumble. Um, somehow we love wrestling too. That's and, right. Uh, and so th- somehow that works into you know smoke, whiskey, coffee, beer, barbecue, wrestling. See, it all kind of fits. See, now Tomas it's is going to have he's going to have to make a Royal Rumble blend. Oh my gosh! <laughs> We're going to try that one with that smoky Kentucky in it for, for when we do our barbecue uh, podcast next time or whatever. Absolutely. And oh man, we're going to. So don't worry, we're gonna we're gonna be back. Listen, make sure you subscribe to Smoking Sounds on your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on all social medias at Smoking Sounds Pod to never miss a beat or, or a draw. draw. And uh, that's a wrap on today's episode of Smoking Sounds. Thank you to everybody who tuned in. Thank you to Chase for coming by again. A big thank you to Tomas here at Altimo Cigars for having us into his establishment and and giving us a, a more of an education than we could have ever hoped for. Um, Please follow him on all social medias. Jump on his website. Order a couple of sticks from him. I promise you, you're not going to be disappointed. Uh, remember to follow us on the social medias. And remember that all great podcasts start with a single episode. And today, that episode is Smoking, Smoking Sounds. Sounds.